0: you Today, I'm talking with my friend Mariki, musician, artist, and founder of Be Kind. I first met Mariki when we featured her on Let's Men.com several years ago, and we immediately connected. You'll understand why. She's so genuine and open, and not to mention, she's an incredibly talented songwriter and has the voice of a literal angel. She also started Be Kind, a part clubhouse, part community that is dedicated to spreading kindness and supporting those in need. Every year, they host an annual holiday benefit supporting Alexandria House in L.A., and I just went this past weekend. It was the most fun party of the year, and for a good cause, sort of a microcosm of Mariki's personality. You can follow her on Instagram at M-E-R-E-K-I. This episode of On The Mend is sponsored by Unbound. According to research, there are three ways we can release endorphins, exercise, laughter, and sex. In fact, during climax, your body is flooded with both oxytocin and endorphins. These chemical reactions are your body's natural form of pain relief. The results, a relaxed state of euphoria and better sleep. And as much as we don't like to talk about masturbation, everyone is doing it. In fact, a recent study showed 9 out of 10 women make time to masturbate frequently. Reclaiming your sexuality post-breakup is scientifically proven to be one of the best things you can do for yourself. And our friends over at Unbound are here to help. Use the code ONTHEMEND for 20% off any vibrator, lubricant, or accessory at unboundbabes.com. Welcome back.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: It's so good to have you here. And it's been, I think, about two years since we interviewed you last for MEND. Wow. Which is a long time. It is a long time. And a lot has changed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about um, sort of where you were two years ago. You were going through a lot of transitions. and we were sitting on the edge of was it echo park lake Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um next to the lotus flowers and Mm -hmm. it was like a beautiful sunny day um but we were talking about sort of this uh like period of your life where you had experienced a lot of different losses Mm -hmm. um and we were talking about grief yeah and it felt like For me, as an outsider, having just met you, it felt like a really pivotal moment for you, um, and it also felt like you were going through a lot of transformation. And um, I think a lot of the things that we talked on talked about in that interview reminded me of post traumatic growth. So you had experienced really like a series of traumas, and you had come out of it the other end, and. You were sharing a lot of wisdom, and it was, it was one of my favorite interviews, and I think Aww. it's still one of our um, most popular interviews, um, just because you were so vulnerable and honest and, and just had a lot of lessons to share. So thank you for doing Aww. that back
1: then, and I'm so happy to have you here again. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. That was such an important time in my life, and it's so nice to have it documented and I really appreciate you prompting a lot of the questions that you asked me because it gave me an opportunity to reflect on, you know, where I'd come from and where I was going. And I, if that two years ago, so I had lost my dad two years prior. Right. And, and I think that it when, it, when I met you, it was a, the, a real end of a certain cycle of grief. And, like we spoke about, I'd not not only lost my my dad, who was my best friend, but a couple of months after I'd broken up with my long term boyfriend. And then a couple of weeks after that, my grandma had passed away as well. So, 2014 was a rough year, at least for me. But it was this huge opportunity for growth. And when I met you I had been really slogging through it for the, the those two years since everything had happened um, and I'd, I'd come to s- some sort of resolve with, with part of it and now two years on from that I feel like I'm at the end of another cycle of growth and transition um, and yeah it's really cool to be able to look back and see sort of how, how far I've come but it, it's also just really cool that, that you met me at that time because yeah. the it, they definitely feel like then and now feel like definitive moments in the transition um, of grief and, and heartbreak.
0: Yeah I think it's amazing how much um, how much loss changes as time goes on mm-hmm. and um, you know I think that's true for romantic heartbreaks mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly painful in the beginning and then even years later i know one thing that you mentioned was like even years later like you there's still something that's like bittersweet about it um and you know even when i reflect on breakups that were you know like 10 years ago now like there is still like a tinge of of something there but it's just different and i and i imagine that it's similar with um you know different types of loss like losing a loved one mm-hmm. where the grief sort of evolves and changes over time and i'm wondering like how how does it feel different to you now than it felt then then
1: um grief is so interesting and such a multifaceted beast um that teaches you so much but that I don't think ever leaves you, a- and and like you're saying, heart- heartbreak is the same. You know, I yeah. there's I'll definitely still have. I liked what you said. Post tra- what did you say? Post traumatic growth. Growth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I liked what you said about that because with with my re- relationship, I definitely still have moments of post traumatic growth from that. And yeah. in getting into a new relationship, a lot of that came up again a lot of the stuff that I thought that I'd sort of healed um came up from more growth and learning but with grief it you know every year when it comes around to my dad's birthday or the day that he passed it 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 absolutely shocks me the impact that it has on me because the day before I'll be like oh it's just a day tomorrow and you know right. it's been four it's been 4 years now and how can a day mean so much but every year without fail the emotions that run through my body that that must remember you know yeah. what went what I went through on that day or what that you know if it was his birthday what that day could have been they're so overwhelming and it's and it's actually a bodily reaction like I physically on those days sometimes just have to lie in bed all day or this (laughs) this year was interesting because I was in San Francisco on my dad's birthday this year and I was playing a show I had I had a, a show booked um at a place called the chapel ironically enough and You know, there was no lying in bed that day. I had to get up. I had to go to soundcheck. I had to, you know, get my shit together basically and perform perform in front of a room full of hundreds of people. And so I decided that I was going to sing a song that I'd written about my dad. Wow. A called Phone Call. And it was so (laughs) difficult. I can't imagine. (gasps) But it was also so powerful, you know, having the opportunity to stand in front of a a group of people and explain to them that it was my dad's birthday who I lost and loved and share with them a piece of music that I'd written that's so, you know, tender to my heart. And, you know, there's something so liberating about being able to share that raw emotion with other people and that's the beautiful thing about being a musician in general you yeah. get to do that regularly but this being able to do that particular song on that particular day was was yeah something that I'll I'll never forget and there were people in the audience that were crying and 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 it was beautiful you know it was that like you said bittersweet and there's yeah. so many of those moments with grief
0: yeah yeah i think that's one hard lesson that I've learned so far in life Mm -hmm. um of many lessons but with grief specifically like when you've lost someone that you loved I think there is like you do hope that it will eventually go away or leave you (laughs) that feeling Mm -hmm. um not that you want to forget the person but you just want you don't want to be in pain forever like at that same level and I think that is one of the, the difficult lessons that you have to learn, which is that it doesn't go away mm-hmm. and it just changes and then you change mm-hmm. and you are better equipped. You learn how to deal with it and you, um, you build resilience in different ways. And, and sometimes you, do, you have unhealthy outlets, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, it never really goes away and it's just something that you kind of have to make peace with i think
1: you you make peace with it and you you use it as a tool to help others you know that's yeah. the only honestly that's the biggest gift that i've been given in having this this severe loss in my life has has been the ability to relate to people who have also lost someone really close to them or have gone through a really traumatic or difficult time because unless you've experienced those emotions then i don't think there's any way that you can fully understand how someone's feeling you know like if 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 i talk if if someone told me that they physically like couldn't get out of bed because of um, a loss i i if i hadn't experienced it i don't think i could have quite believed it yeah (laughs) because because i because every year i can't believe it i'm like really this again are you right. kidding me? Right. But it's it's real and we're such layered beings with and we're cellular beings, you know, we remember our bodies remember things. It's incredible. Yeah. So so yeah, it it's it's a it's a blessing and a and a curse because yeah. you do have this this hole in your in your heart that's always gonna be there. I'll, I'll always miss my dad. I yeah. always wish he was around on right. landmark occasions, or, or, you know, I'll I'll still like go to, I won't go to text him, but I'll be like, oh yeah, I can, and I'll I'll be like, oh no, I can't text him. Yeah, he's it's a reflex. He, d- he doesn't have a phone where he is. Right, <laughs> wish he did. Right. Um, <laughs> but in the same, but in that same breath, I am so grateful for what I've learned for going through this and i couldn't yeah. have i couldn't i couldn't be as strong as i am i couldn't see the world the way that i see it without having gone through such in intense loss and trauma so yeah bittersweet it's yeah. beautiful yeah i mean i think that is
0: the the real silver lining of any uh you know trauma or loss that you go through is that it it gives you a path to build resilience mm-hmm. and like some people are born with more resilience. I feel like than other people. <laughs> I think that I really had to learn it over time. Me too. <laughs> and um, and but I, I do think that is one of the silver linings is that you you do come out stronger. And I think you know you're talking about empathy, and I think that is one of the really beautiful things about experiencing any type of heartbreak is that you like your well of empathy is deeper, mm-hmm. and so you're able to connect with other people and just have more compassion for other people and also more compassion for yourself, I think. Um, And I do think that that is really, that is really important. Um, You touched a little bit on performing um, and singing a song about your dad. I think that you had, I'm sure you've written a lot of songs Mm -hmm. um, since then, but I think that you had... Talked about that in in our last interview that you had written a song. Mm -hmm. um, And you had gone through sort of a a transitional period where you were uh, writing a lot of angry music. Mm -hmm. And I think you said it was maybe more punky Mm -hmm. and that it was really cathartic for you. And then you went on um, like a songwriting trip Mm -hmm. to Iceland Mm -hmm. and had this sort of like revelation where you were finally able to like connect more authentically and. you sort of came back and and decided that everything you had written you were going to put on hold and you were going to work on something else. So can you talk about how music has, how your music has grown in the past couple of years and, like, the different evolutions that you've gone through
1: musically? Yeah, for sure. So that that EP that I had written was punky and it was, it was like, it felt like my teenage years, you know. It felt like an anxious teenager who was getting out all of their aggression and it was super cathartic and I played those songs and I had a lot of fun singing those songs um, but they weren't authentically who I am as a human being and I've just released an EP which is full of songs that I can 100% stand behind and that are, are written from the heart and that do reflect me well which I think as a musician is sort of all you can hope for um it also because I've been feel like I've been working on this EP since before my dad passed away and and through a lot of transitions in my life I'm so I feel so much freedom in releasing it and I only released it about a month or or so ago um and I now feel much more open to be able to release, you know, the song that I wrote about my dad, for example, which I haven't put out into the world yet, but that I'm getting ready to. And yeah, I mean, look, music like life is all an experiment. You know, you're just trying different things to see what works. And and that's all you can do. And And you know when you get there what feels right but you have to sometimes you know make the wrong turn to get back to the right turn and that's certainly what I feel like I've done with my music and I don't regret any of it I, I love and there was a part of me in all of the music that I've made obviously but yeah. the goal is to to make stuff that I want to listen to
0: yeah um and you were recently on tour seeing yes. some of your new songs yes
1: So how was that experience? It was awesome. That was so, and it was so easy. It was so easy to play these songs. I think before, when I was playing these other songs, I were there was an element of performance to it. There was an element of showmanship that I had to give to to properly engage with those songs. With these songs, I'm so comfortable within them and i feel so strongly about the messaging in all of them um, and about what i'm expressing it's very honest and so it's so easy to stand on a stage and to sing them i don't it's it's yeah it's a totally different experience yeah. it's really interesting sounds
0: like it's more effortless it's, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um that's wonderful um
0: so one of the one of the things that we talked about the last time that we interviewed you Mm -hmm. um, was the fact that you were going through multiple types of heartbreak at Mm -hmm. once and, um, and you were going through a romantic breakup Mm -hmm. or you had just gone through a romantic breakup and you were, uh, you were really focused on not getting into another relationship at that moment. Um, I feel like you were so self-aware about just what you were going through and that you really you were really focused on building independence and developing coping skills that were healthy and um, just like being patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious now that it's been a couple of years, what lessons did you learn kind of being on your own in that time? Like what lessons did you learn that you're carrying with you now? And was there anything that you learned that was sort of, like, surprising about
1: yourself? Um, I learned that I have to meditate every day to stay sane. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I learned um, that as as boring as it sounds, exercise and eating well is a really big part of leading a balanced life. Yeah. Um, And... I guess, oh, it's funny to think back, I'm really proud of myself for taking that time, I've got to say, because I was in such need um, and, in, you know, I was really sad and instead of jumping into distracting myself with a relationship, which is, I think, what is often the easier thing to do. I really did take the time and I sat, I sat in my sadness a lot and I think there's a very fine line between um, sitting in your sadness and dwelling in your sadness and I think it's really, really important to sit in it and wade through it and look at it directly. Um, and I think that's really hard and I think there are so many things in society that tell us not to or encourage don't help us do that. Yeah. You know, they they say, look on your phone. Society says, Yeah, get into a relationship. Society says sort of take a Xanax. You know, it's like right. and all of those things I guess can help momentarily. And and look, it's important to utilize distraction techniques when you're at your wit's end, but it's really important to acknowledge um, when you have the strength to sit in something and look at it directly, because that's the only way you can move through it. And never to dwell, never to dwell, never to let yourself get so far down the rabbit hole that you know you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but but yeah really allow yourself to 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 feel those really difficult emotions because you can't go under it and you can't go over it you have to, you go, have to through go through it, it. Yeah. um but I'm trying to think of what I really really uh, I learned that I could do it on my own you know I learned that I I could be alone and I could look after myself and and as i think we touched on in the last interview my dad was a big protector for for me i always felt very safe having him in in the world because he loved me so much and would always be there if i needed someone but it was it was a really important lesson and it still is a really important lesson for me to remember that i i'm i'm very capable of looking after myself, and more importantly, loving myself. Yeah. You, you can't look externally to fill some of those voids. You have to look within. And, you know, that's been difficult in getting into a new relationship because codependence is kind of implicit in romantic relationships. You, you, it's, it's very difficult to avoid, and you have to learn how to balance it. Yeah. And you have to take time for yourself and and but it's yeah that, that's hard because when you fall in love with someone you want to spend all of your right. time with them and, right. and they're your favorite person but I think in a relationship you always have to remember that you should be your favorite person
0: right yeah I think it is I think it's one of the biggest challenges that you face when you do fall in love again after mm-hmm. you've been heartbroken um because you do just want to give everything and be everything and and do everything and take everything as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I do think it is a matter of just being mindful of yes. it, and you know, thinking back to the moments in your life when maybe you weren't mindful, and sort of reflecting on the outcome in those situations, <laughs> um, and just reminding yourself that. It, you're doing a service to yourself. You're also doing a service to the other person, and you're doing a service to the longevity of the relationship because, um, you know, it's not sustainable if two people are completely enmeshed. enmeshed. And, um, and so even though it is really challenging, I, I do think, um, yeah, it is so important, and it, it is just a matter of reminding yourself. Because no one else will remind
1: you. No, I know. (laughs) I know. And that's something that's so funny about human beings, I think. We learn all of these lessons and then we forget them over and over and over again. I know I do. Right. Um,
0: And you have to learn them over and over again. You have to learn them over and over again. Yeah. Or maybe you have one friend who always reminds (laughs) you. Like, hey, okay. I haven't seen you you in two months. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, And speaking of friends, I know friends were really integral. Yeah. to your mending process. Definitely. And, you know, you live really far away from your family. Mm-hmm. Your family, it sounds like most of your family is, is mm-hmm. in Australia. Yeah. So um, I remember you and I were talking about just the importance of reaching out for support, mm-hmm. which is a really hard thing to do. And I think there's a lot of stigma attached to it still, whether it's reaching out for support for a, a breakup or the loss of, of, you know, a loved one. Um, but that was something that it sounded like really helped you and your friends really like came together and you really leaned on them when you when you needed them yeah um do you feel like uh do you feel like that is still a really important part of your sort of support network now when things are um you know not as traumatic like mm-hmm. you're not going through all of uh you know all of these sort of traumatic things right after another mm-hmm in your life right now, mm-hmm. um, but do you feel like you're still really
1: aware of that? I think it's, I think like we were just talking about, it's something to be mindful about because I really need my friends, you know, but but when everything's fine, it's hard to remember that. But friendships are so important because they are outside of your family who have to love you, <laughs> you right. know, or they are outside of your romantic relationship. Yeah, yeah. And they're this they're kind of like I guess the role of a therapist a therapist plays, you know? Yeah. And and they're I I'm so lucky, I've always had really incredible friends. Um, it's been difficult because my boyfriend lives on the west side, and all of my friends are on the east side. Ah, okay. So that's been an interesting challenge yeah. to face. Anyone that lives in LA, LA can geography, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like my family lives in yeah. Australia. <laughs> yeah, um, But I can't um, express enough how important it is for me to to make the time to get outside of my, you know. Any sort of insularness that happens in the relationship and hang out with my friends yeah because yeah, that yeah, they are continually just a source of inspiration and hope and support and love in in a in a different way to yeah a family or a romantic relationship it's it's a it's a huge blessing to have to have good friends, yeah, it really is, yeah I'm
0: curious um I'm curious, like, one thing that I think is so difficult for people when they see someone who's really struggling, they don't always know what to say, and they don't always know how to be there for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and in your case, for instance, it's been several years since your dad passed mm-hmm. away. But I'm curious, like, I I guess I'm curious, like, how how can your friends best support you in in that situation mm-hmm. because like you said it never goes away mm-hmm. I think some people are afraid of bringing it up again and it's the same with a you know a major divorce yeah um, and I think sometimes people just avoid the subject and then that can be interpreted as apathy or you know um, but what is what is your advice I guess for people who um, you know have friends who are really struggling but maybe the actual heartbreak happened, you know, years ago mm-hmm.
1: or in the past? I think things like anniversaries are it, it it always warms my heart if a friend of mine will reach out on, you know, a day that they know is is difficult. Um but just just being being there, checking in. Checking in that there the can't be enough said for People who check in and look, we're all busy. I, I never hold it against anyone who doesn't remember something because I'm busy too. Right. But when you can, if you can, remembering yeah. to check in with someone about yeah. things like that or, or just even in passing, you know. I really, really respect people who are able to bring up my dad or my grief um, who are able to bring it up without anything behind it, I really appreciate because I want to talk about. I mean, different for a div- divorce because maybe it doesn't want to be spoken about, yeah. and same for a, a breakup. Yeah, but with grief, I I've worked through enough of my my heartache over my within my grief that I I want people to. I want it to be acknowledged. It's like it's a huge thing to go through and continually go through and I I like talking about it and I think it's continually part of the healing process. Yeah. So I think my advice would be don't be scared to bring it up because if someone doesn't want to talk about it then you'll know very quickly that they don't want to talk about it but you might be the person that's able to bring it up a little bit for them and then they'll be able to open up something on their own if they can't do it with you. Right. Because it never goes away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded now of something that Sheryl Sandberg said, mm-hmm. and the COO of Facebook. Um, and she was speaking about her husband. And she said, uh, you know, the advice that she could offer was that it's not like she ever forgets that her husband died. So it's not like you're bringing no. something up no. that <laughs> she's forgotten about, yeah. right? I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you never have to worry about that. No, you so don't. she was like, just you know, bring it up, mention it, talk about it, because it's, you know, it's not like you're
1: reminding me. No, like <laughs> no. it's it's always there. Yeah, right. I didn't forget. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember that part of her. That was that was a great. Yeah. Someone else actually brought that exact part of that um, article up to me because I think I'd said something similar. and was just like, yeah, I was really offended when I first got, came back to the States after my dad died and some friends just didn't mention it. And I was angry to start with. But now I just understand that they didn't have the emotional capacity to deal with it and just right. didn't know what to say. But, yeah, yeah I, I would implore people to not be scared to yeah. bring, bring it up ever. And it's so to do with how you're raised, though. I was raised in a very open family. We talked about everything. Yeah. And that's the way that I in my belief system that is the way that things should be you know and I think that that's the way that we can work through things by communicating and shared shared experiences yeah so so the more of that the better in my opinion yeah yeah I agree um
0: I think it's so important and I think uh our culture doesn't really teach us or give us the tools to have those conversations but luckily there are a lot of people who are willing to share their story and um
1: and make it okay to talk about. Yeah, I was talking about this with someone just the other day actually. It's like we look we can learn algebra in school, but there's not a class that's like emotional well being where you learn how to right. discuss difficult topics or right. how to deal with a breakup. Like some you know, someone can go through their whole life without using algebra, but Ninety-nine percent of people are going to go through. No, everyone in life yeah. is going to go through loss or heartbreak at some stage, right. and it's going to affect every single facet of their life. But we're not taught that in schools. Right? That there's that to me. That's yeah, something. It's
0: very backwards. Very backwards. Yeah, because it is so fundamental, and <laughs> yeah. um, I really feel that way. And it's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about. What we're doing at mend and i think we're starting to see just there's a larger trend there are a lot of really smart people and like great companies thinking about emotional well-being yeah and it's great i'm so glad because i feel like it was um yeah just like really ignored and pushed under the rug
1: yeah and it feel it does it feels like progress companies like yours and yeah it, it does it feels like progress yeah so one of the things that I
0: think came out around the time that we spoke uh, for your interview um, was your your movement around being kind Mm -hmm. and maybe it had a different name then Mm -hmm. but I'm curious sort of where that started like what was the origin story behind that and what inspired you to create be kind Mm -hmm. Um, and what does it
1: look like now Mm -hmm. so I originally created it was called Mariki's Clubhouse um, and it was basically a backlash against societal hierarchies really because you know we live in LA and when I would go out you know during the day or in the evening wherever and just it was just implicit across the board everything I'd read online everything showed me that society puts wealth and celebrity at the top of the pyramid and that's so confusing for me because i've seen firsthand that wealth and celebrity does not equate to happiness and to me we should be encouraging this 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 pyramid where happiness and self-fulfillment and self-love are at the top and I didn't see that anywhere in our culture and so it's and especially not sort of out at parties or you know like at events and so I created Mariki's clubhouse as sort of a, a neutral platform where people could come and it didn't matter who you were or or where you came from you were in, everyone's invited and it's all just about genuine connection. So we started out and we just started throwing little parties, you know, I would DJ, I'd get my girlfriends to DJ. There was also a, a focus on, on female artists and it sort of just organically grew into monthly events. And it, the motto of the clubhouse was be kind and it was incredible to me watching at these events as people would come and it was like just with this pure intention the crowd that would come along to these events was diff- was different and everyone was nice to each other and no one was looking at each other from the corner you know up and down there was there was truly none of that yeah. um, and I i mainly just created it for you know for for my friends to start with really because we all really like each other and we wanna socialise, but I don't I personally don't want to be in those environments where right. there's this, you know, this social it factor yeah, and going judgment on. And yeah. That. Um, and then I've recently changed the name to Be Kind because that really is the messaging of the whole movement, I guess, and whenever I come to a, a standstill or, or feel concerned about anything or, or, or I'm worried how to move forward, it's like, when in doubt, be kind. There's the, it's such a simple answer to so many questions. And I saw people reacting to that, the simplicity of be kind so strongly. You know, I made like a run of hats that said be kind on of them, and they were gone with, within weeks. People yeah. lo- People want, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, and you know, the hardship the, that we're all under. I, you know, I feel there's a greater consciousness movement within all of this, and people want to be spreading this message and they want to support it. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, we we do an annual holiday benefit, which we just did a cup, but oh I know like a week ago. Yeah. Um raising money for a women's shelter downtown that we do some work with. But I, yeah, I want Be Kind to move more in that direction and perhaps even a, a music festival next year. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's so needed right now, and I feel like people
0: are really craving that. Yeah. That type of connection, like a more intimate connection
1: in essence, um, yeah.
0: with everything that's going on politically yeah. and all of the natural disasters and... Um I think it's I think it's fantastic when like you saw a need for something mm-hmm. and you created it initially just for like you and your friends mm-hmm. and then you know it it caught on and it's growing and yeah. I'm excited to see sort of how it develops next year. Yeah,
1: me too. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: so speaking of next year mm-hmm. um I feel like this has been A banner year for a lot of people yeah in good ways and in bad ways Mm -hmm. it's been a very trying year and um, but there have also been a lot of wonderful things that have been happening in your life Um, so when you sort of reflect on this past year and looking ahead at next year are you the type of person who kind of sits down and and thinks through your New Year's goals (laughs) or resolutions or are you more just like going with the flow at this point in
1: your life? I honestly, it's been such a crazy year. I I have feel like I haven't had. A, I'm usually a big list person, and I don't think I've written a li- list in months and months. Um, wow. To even get around ticking it off, but it's all coming to a close. I'm shooting a music video uh, on Wednesday, and then I'm off for the year. And yeah once that's wrapped I'm definitely going to be sitting down and making a list of sort of goals for for the new year personally and professionally and, and yeah sort of just thinking about, about where everything that I'm working on can go and who I want to be involved and how I can get you know the greatest amount of fulfillment out of everything that I'm doing for me and for others yeah um, I'm
0: glad you're taking some time off because <laughs> you've had it sounds like a crazy a crazy month and you're touring and releasing music mm-hmm. and um, I think it's it's really nice to be able to sort of reset it's it's an artificial thing at the end of the year but um, but yeah it is really nice to reset and take time off definitely and recharge yes Um so, I want to uh, go back to one thing that you said um, when we were talking about lessons that you've learned about love. Um, and we touched on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm just curious if you are sort of still in the same headspace or if your thinking has changed. Um, but we were basically talking about what happens after a breakup and whether or not you can stay friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and... One thing that you said that really stuck out to me, and I think it resonates with a lot of people, you said, on one hand, you're so lucky to have had that beautiful connection with another person, but on the other hand, it's just so sad to no longer have what you once shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a sentiment that everyone can relate to. Um, and being that you've sort of moved you know, past that mm-hmm. relationship, it's been several years, mm-hmm. do you still? feel that way or do you feel
1: like your thinking has has changed at all um i wrote a song that's on the ep that i just put out called friend again and the lyrics of that song i feel like are kind of the answer to this question and it's you know the verses like i used to think that one day we would be forever ever i learned in time that you and um you plus me equals never um I hated you because I loved you so much. And the whole chorus is just will you be my friend again? You know, what we what you and me had, it's until the end. And I still firmly believe that. You know, once you share intimate time with another human being, that's it's sacred and it'll no one can ever take that away and although You'll never go back there. That will always remain, you know, an important time in my life because you learn so much through a relationship. And And I, you know, I, yeah, I, it's the same as a friend it's the same as a friendship, even if you're no longer friends with that person. The time you shared is really important, and it and it always will be. I don't. It's difficult because I think at the time we spoke last time, it was still so close to the breakup, and so my feelings around my ex were still very raw. Yeah. Um, I'm further away from those feelings now, so I, they aren't as sad anymore. It's it's not. So bittersweet anymore, yeah. um, and I'm very happy to say that I can look back on that time and remember the good parts, but not be attached to them, yeah, but that took a lot of personal work <laughs> yeah, to get there, yeah, so I think it depends on the individual and how much work they're willing to put into that, yeah. Yeah, it is really interesting how your
0: perspective changes over time. It's almost like you're like fifty thousand feet above ground looking at it, yeah, versus right up close. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think that's one of the gifts of time. Mm-hmm. Like it is really trite to tell someone like it just takes time, and I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's there's true. a there's a lot that you can do in the meantime to help yourself along Definitely. and to sort of speed up the process and. There's a lot you can do to also slow down the process, too. Yes, but um is. But there is, you know, there's a reason that that's saying, and there's a reason that people have been saying that forever, um, because you do get perspective. Yeah. And you're able to see different sides of it, and you're able to see, like, new things about it that you never would have seen, just because you have more life experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have different reference points, especially, I think, when you're in another relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you just see your past relationships in such a different light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that we will, if... If it's okay with you. I think yeah. we should put in a little bit of your song after you oh, describe yeah. it. I used yeah, to right. think that one day we would be forever, ever. I learned in time it wouldn't work me, plus you equals never. I hated you because I loved you so much. Now I blamed you because I thought you got us lost, but now <laughs>
1: I mean, it's like it's that when I sing it um, live, I always sort of say, you know, this is about that time when you're finally sort of at the point where you can forgive the other person and and see that you know whether you whether you are end up being friends again or not, it's more the idea of being able to let go of what was and accept what is. Yeah. It's the sentiment. Yeah. Like it's the feeling that you're
0: sort of friendly towards them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, even now, like when I am interviewed about men, you know, everyone wants to know about the origin of men. Yeah. Like, who is that person? Yeah. And, and what like, was his name? It's, and, like, it's,
1: not about, um, it's not really about them. It's about you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
0: be, it's been so long now. And also my feelings have changed so much um, that you know, it, it's hard to even remember, like, I know, I know. all of the feelings and emotions. And that's the beauty
1: of time passing. Well, and that's also um, the beauty of art. And yeah. for you, your art was creating this, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's it's songs. And it's really yeah. cool to be able to look, you know, for you, look at the origin of this and me look at my songs and go, like, wow, that was so intense and that was something that propelled me forward or had me make this but wow now I'm now I'm so far away from that but it's wonderful to encapsulate something that you felt so strongly about yeah yeah we we talk about that um a lot at MEND we call them
0: breakup monuments Mm -hmm. like everyone sort of has their different way to memorialize something mm. and like for me it was mend mm-hmm. like for some people it's like running a marathon yeah. Um, you know for you it's your music mm-hmm. and, and different things that you've written um, and I think everyone has some version of it and it's really different for everyone um, and sometimes people spend like 10 years building a monument and sometimes <laughs> it's like a week yeah. but I think that that's one of the really beautiful things and if you can look back and sort of reflect on what you've been able to create out of you know a moment or a long phase of heartbreak it's it's um pretty magical I think yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and one of the in the bridge one of the lyrics of that song is um um, about being broken uh, uh, you know basically about thinking that your heart was broken but acknowledging that it's just more open now and that's a huge to come back to where we started the interview that's a huge part of the blessing of heartbreak it busts everything wide open and it allows more light in where there was darkness and i really do believe that
0: thank you so much to mariki for visiting mend hq and be sure to follow her on instagram at mariki and be kind We've got more great episodes of On The Mend coming to you soon. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes and tell your friends. You can follow Mend at Let's Mend on Instagram, and you can follow me for more behind-the-scenes
1: Mend updates at Ellen Huerta.